Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Be Her Village podcast. My name is Caitlin Legreas, and I'm the founder of Be Her Village. Be Her Village is an online gift registry for what moms really need, support, not stuff. We're talking to providers and people who care for moms in their pregnancy, their birth, their postpartum. We're talking to real moms and hearing their stories and really just getting into all the good stuff that comes along with new parenthood. So check us out, tune in, and let us know what you think. Hi, welcome back to the Be Her Village podcast. This is Janelle, and I hope you're having a great day wherever you are. If you're new here, Be Her Village is a gift registry for new parents to get the funds they need to pay for the support they deserve. As of right now, while I'm recording this intro, there has been nearly $24,000 gifted to new parents for them to use on their pregnancy, birth, and postpartum support. And that's so, so exciting. We're wanting to change the narrative that receiving support is not self-indulgent. Like the title of this episode, doulas are not self-indulgent. Having quality care in those first weeks and months postpartum can really make a major difference in the health of new parents. In this episode, Caitlin McGreas, the founder of Be Her Village, is talking with Mandy Major, the founder of Major Care Doulas and My Fourth App which is a virtual postpartum doula service where new parents can have access to postpartum doula support anytime, anywhere. And I'll link all that in our show notes. So they're talking about all things doula support, all all things postpartum support, and why new parents really need such a thing. If you're growing your family, you can create your gift registry for free at beherville.com and load it up with all the support services that you need because you deserve it. Enjoy the episode. Hi, I am Mandy Major, aka Doula Mandy, and I'm a mama certified postpartum doula and the founder of Major Care, a virtual postpartum care provider. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Mandy. Uh, Thank you. Thank you for having me. Of course, you are doing some really exciting things in the postpartum support world, and that's why we're on together talking about it. Let's start with I think one of the biggest questions, which I had, even when I was a doula, like when I was first becoming a doula, which is what is a postpartum doula? What are postpartum doulas doing and why is it important? That's such a great question. Um, So a postpartum doula is a non-medical caregiver and it can still mean a few different things to different people. So I'll I'll give you what, uh, you know, my definition is of a postpartum doula. Um, we are really there to help guide the transition into parenthood. This can be for a first baby or a fourth baby or more. Every pregnancy, every birth, and every baby is different. So I always see um, the, the, the need and the use of, of a postpartum doula of, for, for each birth event. Um, and in postpartum, you know, we're that guide for that transition. Um, I think we're really there to hold space provide uh, that day-to-day guidance, those best practices, whether for you as the birth person and your care, whether you had a vaginal birth or a belly birth, um, also baby care and uh, resources, and sometimes just to be that evidence-based cheerleader <laughs> that you need. Um, and for me, my, my focus and what I founded my company on was virtual care. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that to date, postpartum doulas have been, it's been either part of some state funded pilot programs um, or seen as something for the very privileged. 
And my goal is to mainstream doula care. Everyone needs and everyone deserves a doula. And to me, virtual was always the answer for access and affordability. And um, And the pandemic pandemic probably didn't hurt that business model. (laughs) It was so funny because, yeah, we launched right before the pandemic. And I had started on this idea in 2019. And people thought it was, they were being nice to my face, but they were a little like, oh, so how's that going to work? And um, I just I, I just felt it in my bones. And I, my background before birth work was in digital media. And um, I just, I was very excited about that fusion. And I just felt like there are so many doula deserts. Um, how can we address, yeah, just this this doula issue, um, but also make something more scalable for doulas because even just, you know, I'm a relatively quote unquote young doula. Um, I know folks who've been in this business for 10 plus years, but very quickly I saw burnout was an issue. Um, Doulas driving, you know, around an hour. You're nodding. Yes. Because Uh, you know, because um, I started be her village to get off call and to get out of doula work. That's just like the truth of it is that I, I could not sustain my very successful doula practice anymore mm-hmm. without collapsing. I mean, it was really, it was very difficult for me. Um, and I started mm-hmm. Be Her Village because I wanted to still be in the maternal health field. I didn't want to just go mm-hmm. work for any company. I wanted to still be really impactful. And so this is the thing that I found to put my energy into. Wow. Um and you oh, built no. this incredible, incredible yes, uh, community. And, <laughs> and thank God I did. I mean, this is how it works, right? Like everything, the struggles in life kind of push us through to the next thing. Um, mm-hmm. But I really, the the idea, like for our doulas that are listening, Beaver Village has lots of birth workers who listen to our podcast. And it's, I'm sure they're mm-hmm. all nodding their heads too, because... <laughs> Uh, because doula work is really, really hard. Postpartum doula work, birth doula work. Yes. It's just really intense. Yes. It's very hands-on. It's very emotional. The driving, the call mm-hmm. time, the unpredictability. It, unpredictability and then you have this, this issue, and I think we're both working towards this issue of accessibility. How do we mm-hmm. make sure that doulas get a fair, living, thriving wage while yes, also making yes. sure that the people that get our support are not just wealthy people. <laughs> like how do we make doula support accessible for right. everybody while also making sure that doulas are cared for themselves and are getting a living wage. And it's we both have our own answers to that. And everybody, <laughs> you know, we know Be Her Village is all about helping, you know, a gift registry, mm-hmm. helping friends and family to fund our visibility. Yes. Mm-hmm. And your new amazing app, is so exciting. I would love for you to talk about what you've developed and how it's helping make postpartum doulas accessible to everybody. Oh, thank you. Um, well, when we launched, our first focus was on connecting new parents with certified virtual postpartum doulas for one-to-one care. So we'd you'd take a, a short quiz, we'd match you, um, and then you would have weekly sessions and daily texting. And that is wonderful, but we we really saw a need to do something more. And this was something I had always wanted to do. And earlier this year, uh, earlier in 2021, uh, we started the beta of my fourth. And my fourth is basically guided learning for the fourth trimester 
paired with access to virtual care. So we're gearing up uh, to relaunch it. We've expanded it based on the beta feedback, and we are putting it out there uh, in, into the, the world uh, later this month. It's, it's, such a, it's such a like scary and exhilarating feeling to like work so hard on oh, something yeah. and then to release it. It's like letting, it's like sending your baby to kindergarten. It's like you had them home with you. <laughs> and they just yeah. did. And it's oh, all, like, all the feelings. They need to go, right? Like they need to go to kindergarten. You have to release you know it. This is what's it's so needed hard. It's your baby. Yes. It yes. is. Growth it is. is painful and though sometimes. <laughs> I, I honestly struggle with perfectionism. So I know that it's, we'll do the best we can and it's about iteration. So we'll launch it into the world and we'll get more feedback and then we'll keep building on it. And, you know, being, being comfortable with that is, um, ah, you know, it's, it's a challenge, but it's also such an exciting thing. And, um, you know, to me, it's all about, uh, as I mentioned before, like normalizing the fourth trimester, um, and it's it's not just do's and don'ts. It's it's like holding space for this whole transition into parenthood, um, along with best practices. And to me, um, I I think having a doula in your back pocket is such a powerful thing. Um, a doula in your back pocket is amazing. That's uh, amazing. I don't know if that's your slogan, but it should be. Uh, it's part of what we say, you know, the, the ta- our tagline is postpartum made better, and that. Uh, we mean we mean in every every sense of the word, but yeah, having a doula in your back pocket is so powerful, and we have made it as affordable as possible. But recognizing, you know, maybe that's not something that's possible. At le- so at least all of the content is free, and that's important um, to to me to us uh, from a place of equity and just allowing people to have that soft space, uh, you know, the soft place to land after having them okay. having their baby. So. I'm nine, seven, and five years postpartum. (laughs) And one of the overwhelming memories that when I think of like fresh postpartum is being alone in my house, Mm. with possibly with older children, depending on which period I'm talking about, nursing nonstop and anxiously Googling things. Yep. That was my experience. And when I wasn't anxiously Googling, I was anxiously Facebook mom grouping. Yes. Which yes. would then cause more anxious Googling. It was a very bad it cycle. It is. It's this terrible cycle. Yep. That's so when I it. think about that postpartum experience, and I think instead having a doula in my back pocket, where instead of saying, you know, baby's suckling like this or this rash, what does this mean? If I could have texted or called, but honestly, even texting a trusted resource who knows me and my baby and has a little bit of background on me and can just mm-hmm. support with evidence-based calming professional expertise. That sounds so impactful. And it sounds, I think to somebody who maybe hasn't been postpartum yet or hasn't gone through adding a baby to your family, mm-hmm. it's like, cool, you're going to text me, you know? Right. Like how, cool. how, does that, Great. how does that work? Except that mothers are trapped under their babies in recliners and sofas, sofas and beds. Like this is just that's what postpartum is. We're trapped under our babies, and exactly. we have our phones in our hands, and that's, and, and we're looking for support. Yeah, and that's oh, where you know, so to cool. me, the virtual work. We want to meet people where they are, which is exactly it's it's on your phone, and yeah, you're nap trapped, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, and that's where in thinking about even the the curriculum, the day by day curriculum, um, it's meant to be to be watched and read 
maybe while you're nursing, while you are nap tracked. Um, and so it's all bite size because we know there is, if we want to get you off Dr. Google and also like, yes, there are some amazing books and resources um, to read. There's lots of them, but they tend to be longer than any of us have the capacity in postpartum to really absorb. So for us, less is more. We, we don't want to bombard you with information. So each day you have what we feel is most important for that day. Um, a few tips, some inspiration, and we've also bundled in a wellness tracker because that was so that was so important to me and missing where with the pregnancy apps, right? There are um, you're just tracking your baby. It's you know baby's this bit, this big, and this is happening. And then after you deliver, all the apps are also for the baby. So how many poops? How many pees? How you know how's baby sleeping? And where are we in that equation? And it's actually really important for you to keep track of any medication you might be taking. Have you gone number two recently? Because that can cause a lot of problems in postpartum. How's your bleeding? How's how is your bleeding? Yeah, how's, so, your, how's your mood? How's your mood? How yeah, exactly. Oh, exactly. I love it. So we're we're what we have is the ability to track how you know how much water have you had? How have you eaten? Right, because that's a big one. I'm really headachey. Well. What what are maybe some non medical reasons for that? And then like, we also give you the last time you drank water. <laughs> yeah, like what is that? Um, yeah. and uh, I remember yeah. walking into one of my favorite stories. Sorry, Mandy. Is no, no, no. That I was three days postpartum with my first. I had a cesarean. I didn't want like an emergency cesarean, mm-hmm. and the baby had a hard time latching. I wasn't producing all, every, everything that could go wrong, and like every other mother normally experiences, it was all colliding Mm -hmm. and I walked into my doctor's office and hilariously like had been trying to breastfeed in the waiting room and hadn't pulled my shirt down so I'm walking in with my boobs out (laughs) but I couldn't tell I forgot my mom was like please put your shirt down and he took one look at me he told his nurse to go get two cups of water for me I didn't recognize at the time and he looks at me and he goes so how's it going and I said I'm not producing any milk and the baby's not getting any milk Mm -hmm. and he's like have what have you eaten or drank anything and I just looked at him and I was like no yeah. no of course I haven't yeah. I'm trying to breastfeed and he looks at me and it's like so basic but again just but little basic bits. he said well in order to produce milk you have to eat and drink <laughs> I said oh yeah. oh okay you know of course I know that now and of course I probably would have known that before but when you're in it when you're Mm-mm. so deep in it a simple reminder of hey care for yourself that's it. the only way that you can care for your baby exactly I love the idea of a wellness tracker thank you mom, thank you well it's like the parents. it's like the oxygen mask in the airplane yes. right and it's really hard to do that in postpartum and just those little things of saying you know how much water have you had um you know, have you gone in the bathroom? Those little things, like what we really want to do is be able to hold space for where you are. It's also looking at preventative wellness. So we want to make sure we stay very far ahead of some, you know, preventable negative outcomes um, with just some of those very basic things. Um, and I'm not going to use the self-care word because self-care does not apply to going in the bathroom, feeding yourself and showering. I'm sorry. <laughs> I feel really strongly no, about doesn't. that. I also like feel strongly. I saw a meme once and it just like resonated so hard that we have to stop shouting self-care at people who need community care because the truth is, is that we need to be uplifted and supported by many people. Exactly. It doesn't land on us. Exactly. Um, And that's, um, uh, well, I, 
I think you were going to ask something else, but that just really quickly, because what we need and what we're asking for in this country is completely standard in most places around the world. And- oh my God, Mandy, we need to talk about this. <laughs> like, how much time do we have? <laughs> we, have as I, we have days. Let's just go. <laughs> Mandy, this is something that I discovered recently. I was telling you when I was preparing for my NPR presentation, I started doing research into what other countries offer mothers in the postpartum period. It's startling, isn't it? I it's it's infuriating. I felt rage. I felt shorted. I felt like I didn't get what I needed. And that's why I struggled. Mm -hmm. Every other developed country in the world is sending postpartum health visitors, nurses, midwives, doctors, doulas. They're sending people Mm -hmm. into the home. They're giving them pelvic floor therapy. They're giving them a dedicated warm line to call. Yeah. And any sort of support you need is available. It's paid for. It's standard. Mm-hmm. And we don't have that here. And I've actually experienced this with Be Her Village because I get mm. emails every single week from Australia, from Europe, from the Middle East, from Canada, all of these places that are outside of the US. And they say, oh, this is amazing. Let's do this here. I have everybody I know would use this. And mm-hmm. I'm, I was initially really surprised at how eager the international community was to use Be Her Village, partially because it feels like we're shouting into the American void of like, hello, you need support. Like it feels like the first hurdle that Be Her Village has to overcome is even convincing American mothers that they need, want, and deserve support. Ah, This is exactly Whereas the international community already knows they need support and they're excited to find resources to pay for it. Absolutely. It's barbaric. Like they see what America's doing as barbaric from our lack of postpartum care to our lack of paid leave. It's unheard of. And I, I won't, I know that's like a whole other podcast, but um, what you said is exactly it. And what motivated me, uh, I wrote an op-ed that was published in HuffPost early uh, in the summer um, based on like mom strong culture and this kind of very mainstream American belief of like grit is above all else. And we are, it's very hard for us to be openly vulnerable in postpartum and ask for and or receive care, something that is very, very normalized. And I think, um, so there's, there's a structural issue with our lack of standardized postpartum care, but we also have a little, I think we do to some extent play a part in perpetuating this um, gridded out, you know, bounce back kind of obsession um, that really, really, really hurts us. And this idea that I think what we're really pushing back against is this idea of, oh, I, I needed a doula, you know, air quotes there, um, and feeling maybe less than if somebody has that yeah. support or that like it's a luxury or you're, you know, being self-indulgent if you have a doula or some other kind of or, caregivers. Or worse, that you're being weak, that you're, that that you're, being you're weak. not. Yeah, like that. that. That you but, you needed know. a baby nurse. You needed a doula. You oh, needed, you needed something. Well, I took my law school final exam, you know, while right. I was pushing the baby's head out. Like there's this competition right. for women it's... to be like one upping one another and how right. much we can handle. Right. 
and none of us are stopping. Well, some of us are to pause and go, Oh, well, wait, should you have had to take your law school exam from your maternity bed or should you have had leave or should you have gotten a break? Yes. Right. It's right. And I think it's all, I mean, it runs so deep, but I think part of it is, the, you know, just the ridiculousness that women have ever been cast in a light of um, being the weaker sex, which is like, once you have a baby, you know, it's just, it's the most laughable, insulting thing. Um, <laughs> and so, I'm like, going to take a moment to laugh at it. Because like, it, it's so, it makes me apoplectic, uh, you know, and this is part of uh, my, my work in, in like, I left media to go into birth work because of the state of things and to see like, this is atrocious. And we are fighting so hard to have a seat at the table. And we are still fighting clearly with paid leave um, to have any level of fairness um, that we have to mask our postpartum truths. We have to mask what our bodies go through so that we, we seem impervious, so that we seem tough and strong and capable, which we all know we are, you know, and so unfortunately, we're not able to be in that healing state like we need to be for those first, like at least the first 30 days to 42 days, if not those 90 days. We are the only culture that doesn't have a wrestling, a lying in, a caring for mother time after birth. Every other culture has something built in. And like you said, it's either a month or 40 days or six weeks. There's There's some recognition of this time being sacred and not just about the baby. It's the birth person and the baby. It's that dyad, right? Mm-hmm. To see you are you are a unit and you function like that. And to just to witness that. And we, we don't allow any space for that. It's like, it goes right to the baby. And I know we've, we've both identified on like, the baby has enough clothes. Like, what about you? Right. Um, well, the other thing is too, is that I think that people don't realize that the baby doesn't need everything to be perfect. They need a well-supported caregiver. Yes. You know, there's one of the things that I, um, that I love to point to this is like, there is a hesitation among mothers who are struggling with mood disorders or, Mm -hmm. or have been, you know, are struggling with the choice of to take antidepressants or other mood stabilizing medication. And often we hear, well, I don't want to take any medication because mm-hmm. it will go through to my baby and mm-hmm. that could hurt my baby. And I'm not going on either side of this. I think it's a very personal choice, but more about the way we make this decision. You always hear, well, it'll hurt the baby. It'll hurt the baby. Well, right. What you don't see them considering is that it's documented that when mothers are struggling, they're not responsive to their babies in the same way as when their mood is stable. They're not looking at them. They're not giving them the same attention. They're not responding to them. And so while we're, you know, holding the baby up on this pedestal, of like this totally helpless, weak mm-hmm. little thing, which actually babies are super smart and resilient, resilient. upon <laughs> birth. They're incredible. We're also taking out this factor of like, the baby's need, it is a dyad. It's not just about, is the baby okay? The baby can only be okay mm-hmm. when the caregiver is okay. And so we have to look at that side of the equation in order exactly. to care for our babies exactly. properly. Yeah. And that's one of the things in my fourth, um, based on the feedback, we in- incorporated a postpartum planning toolkit 
to get ahead of some of these things that come up. So part of part of that toolkit is assembling a care team, which is a new, it sounds very basic, but it's a new concept, I think, for folks where so much energy spent on the birth, right? I'm going to create a birth plan. Um, my OBGYN or midwife is, you know, is on, on deck for that. Uh, we're going to work through all the logistics. And then there's this big, like, I'll figure it out <laughs> for everything that comes mm-hmm. p- post-delivery. And part of that is getting a sense of, you know, what are your needs? What were your needs pre-pregnancy? If you are somebody who has a history of uh, depression or anxiety, um, anything, you know, along, along like that, that spectrum, um, to have something in place for postpartum, what, what do the signs of postpartum depression, anxiety, or psychosis look like? Does your partner or support person know what those signs are? Um, do you know of, a, do you have a provider lined up? Um, and just having those resources and having those conversations to think about, um, what might I need after, you know, and to plan for postpartum, like we do the birth to spend equal energy or maybe even a fraction of the energy, but to be aware of kind of what your needs are and where resources could be if you need them. I love that. I love that sort of idea of how much attention we're paying towards and prep we're putting towards our birth and Mm -hmm. our postpartum. It's very similar to me of Mm -hmm. like all of the attention that's poured into a wedding day, which is hugely important, just like your birth. You know, I'm not discounting the way you're made to feel at your birth stays with you for the rest of your life. It's yes, it imprints very deeply wildly important and it is also sort of how we kick off into our postpartum experience when you mm-hmm. have a traumatic birth you're entering in a very vulnerable state already sort of like down for the count and at the same time it's like okay so you can pour that energy into your wedding day but if you haven't done the work if you don't have the foundation yeah. for a good marriage That's it. it doesn't matter how great the wedding day is and it's so similar with birth as we have to look yeah. forward to those next, you know, weeks and months. I always talk about that, you know, planning for the wedding versus planning for the marriage. And it's, it's so true. And you, uh, and have that birth plan. (laughs) It's so important. Um, and, and, you know, what your, what your plans are and what's important to you. Um, but as you said, it's, um, being aware of what, what's, what's normal in postpartum and, um, what your needs may be, uh, studying lactation a little bit. Um, and I think that's also something where having a postpartum doula can be so pivotal, not only navigating the day to day, but if someone to listen to your birth story and if there is any, any sort of trauma to work through or, or lack of control, lack of consent, like whatever, that might have been, um, you do need to hold space for it. And it can be really uncomfortable for friends and family to show up for that and to just listen. Um, Because a lot of times there's that toxic positivity of like, I just did a a reel about this on Instagram, like, well, at least you're okay. At least the baby's healthy. Yes, those those things are true um, or can be true, but um, it can really invalidate what someone's been through. And I think that Postpartum doulas are trained to one hold space and listen, but also to not narcissistically share their own experience. So it's like, um, and I shouldn't say it's not always narcissistic. That's just the term for it. <laughs> when you know, it's very easy when someone talks about their birth experience to say, "Oh, well, this happened to me," but it 
Um, and it can be a way to identify, but it also can take away that moment and that processing for the, the birth person. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think part of what is so important about doulas, postpartum doulas and birth workers is that we don't come with the baggage. We don't right. come with the judgment and you can show up and be vulnerable mm-hmm. and have somebody hold that space, listen, offer validation, offer some tips, whatever you need in that moment without being triggered into their own experience. Exactly. Because so often, especially with mothers and mothers-in-law who are, who tend to be, you know, the females that are around Ew us, in that time, <laughs> they, they have had their own experience. There's a shifting of the matriarch in the family, right? Like when you, mm-hmm. when you, especially bringing home your first baby, you are suddenly the mother of the family and there's a shifting of their role. Yeah. And some people do it gracefully and are extremely helpful and loving and supportive, but it's not, I don't think that, I think that's the exception. <laughs> Instead I, of the I honestly do too. <laughs> I honestly not to knock grandmas, but like it's, it's just, there's an entire emotional journey happening for them too. And there's decades of experiences and there's a whole relationship and you have to be in a relationship with them for decades more to come, hopefully. Mm -hmm. And with a doula, you're able to talk to them, get advice, get support, ask questions and not have all of the weight of an entire relationship to, to handle. That's exactly That's, it. It, it. It's there's, it's just so layered. And I think there's um, obviously family structures are vital. Um, and like, to me, I, I don't, I don't know many people who want to talk about like the, the shape of their nipples with their mother-in-law with <laughs> even sometimes their closest friends of like, I passed a clot yeah. that looks like this. <laughs> Should I be concerned? Or um, even if they were comfortable, the friend has no idea. The friend has no idea. They'll be like, "That didn't happen to me," so uh, I don't know. And or or worse, or worse, gives bad advice. Well, I just breast, I just bottle fed, or I just gave up on this. You know, like there's there can be which. It's not to say that that's not the right answer for some people, but to right. be met with that sort of personal story and discouragement when you're actually looking for support, it's a real risk because we're yeah. so vulnerable in that postpartum right. time. Right. You're just so when hungry for support and good advice and to be held in that experience yourself, right? You're giving, giving, giving to this tiny human who's baffling. You're learning all about them. Um, and healing and you're on this 24 hour clock. And um, that's where I just see, you know, can we just please like, ch- like work away or chip away at that narrative that there is privilege and having support after, after, mm-hmm. after birth. Um, and change the tune to we all deserve it. We all deserve yeah. it. And we're, we're the only country that's not, you know, where we're not getting it and we're having to fight for some very basic rights that I would argue we have more sensitivity around a knee surgery than we do giving birth. Absolutely. Um, I remember laying with my C-section and like just laying there going, I can't believe I have to take care of a baby right now. Right. <laughs> like, if it was any other surgery, people would just be like doting on me. And instead I was alone in a hospital room trying to get up and take care of my two-day-old baby. It was right. it was such a wild experience. And it was like, it was the first, you know, I, that was well before I became a doula and got into the mm-hmm. maternal health field, but it was the spark. It's like, what is going on here that yeah. I'm being treated like this? Yeah. It's, and that's how, there were so many things when I look back. Um, I just thought, 
Well, one, uh, and I talk about this in that HuffPost piece of like, I had a lot of pride in my grit um, that I can, you know, muscle through quite a bit. Um, and I didn't, it, it sounds laughable to me now, but when I was, when I was pregnant, I just didn't really think about the lack of support. So I was, you know, highly educated, highly privileged. Um, it was in New York city at the time. So great access to care. Um, but I didn't think about like, I lived in a fourth floor walk up. My husband had a week off and that was it. And then I was going to be by myself other than my sister-in-law coming for two different visits, which was a godsend, but I didn't think that was it. And everyone else lives far away. Um, and so you can kind of, and, and she was also born early. She was born a month early. Um, so there was so much to figure out and it was really interesting of like, she had a visit. She had a pediatrician's visit two days after discharge from the hospital. What about, what about me? And like all of that care and so many gaps of care. And that's really, it just, she changed my whole life. She galvanized me. And that's where, um, you know, I think about like my personal experience and I, I, I saw that and then, you know, just got into the research of just how, um, subpar the postpartum experience is at large, but how dangerous and deadly it is for folks who, um, do not have some of those same privileges, um, do not look like me, you know, it's really, um, there's such a stratification to birth outcomes in this country. And if you're in a rural area, if you are a person of color, especially if you're black or indigenous, um, it is, it is terrifying and inexcusable what those outcomes can look like. Absolutely. There, women are in danger when they're giving birth and they're in more danger when they are of certain color or race Mm -hmm. or, Mm -hmm. um, or where they live, rural yeah. or urban. Un- mm-hmm. It's just, it's unconscionable. Absolutely. And one of the facts that actually, while we're on this sort of, it's always a balance, right? Of like, you don't want to scare people and you don't, but we have to talk about the realities. Exactly. And I don't want to, yeah, it's like you, you don't want to just play into the fear. And um, and that's also, I think, part of it where we don't talk about postpartum because it's like, don't spoil the pregnancy. So um we, yeah, we always want to be mindful of that, I think. And also not having people, um, people who like, I know there's a, there's a movement and I, I think this is so wonderful. Like we need to celebrate black joy, not just lead with the morbidity stats, you yeah. know, the maternal, the rate of uh, maternal mortality and things like that. It's, it's a yes. And okay, this is, mm-hmm. this is here. How do we, how do we um, fight against those outcomes? Um, and then also focus on the joy and the the wonder of this time and how to support it uh, with that joy. Yes. I love that. That's very beautiful. Well, Mandy, thank you so much for coming on and talking to me today. How can we find your app? How can we get on the wait list for it and know about all of the updates that are coming? Um, I would love to just share what you're working on with everybody. How, I will link the articles that you've written in the show notes, um, but how can we be in touch with you? Yes. Uh, so you can go to our site to Major Care, which is www.thatismajor.com because birth is a major event. So let's treat it like it is. <laughs> um, as we always say, having a baby is major. Um, so you can find us there. And by the week of November 15th, 
uh, my fourth will be live and you'll be able to download it right there and get started. Um, and you can also find us on social at major care doulas, doulas with an S, um, or find me on Instagram at doula Mandy, M-A-N-D-Y. Awesome. I love it. Thank you so much. This was Thank so wonderful. You. And Good luck with your launch and your baby being introduced to the world. It's so exciting. Thank (laughs) you so much. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. It's so my pleasure. All right. Talk to you soon, Mandy. Bye. Bye. Thanks again for tuning in. If you feel so inclined, like us, share this episode. And if you're really feeling good, subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you're feeling like you're missing us in between episodes, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook. We appreciate all your support, truly. Have a great day.